The following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center, Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the weekly Dharma series. I'd like to welcome everyone. Um, my name is Gail Iverson, and I'm filling in for Mark tonight. He is um, at a month-long retreat in, uh, at the Forest Refuge in Barrie, Massachusetts, and he will be returning on June 14th. So, um, before Mark left on retreat, he um, started a series of talks on the paramis, or the ten perfections of the heart. And so I'm going to continue with that topic tonight. I'm going to be reviewing some of the reflections that he's um, done on uh, the first parami, which is generosity. And um, then if, uh, we'll also be uh, starting to talk about the um, second of the paramis, which is sea uh, or morality. I just want to start out with reading this brief excerpt from the sutta, the, one of the suttas, the Buddhist scriptures about the paramis. It says, Enlightenment beings, or beings destined for Buddhahood, are concerned about the welfare of living beings, not tolerating the suffering of beings, wishing long duration to the higher states of happiness of beings, and being partial and just to all beings. Therefore, one, they give alms, dana, to all things so that they may be happy, without investigating whether they are worthy or not. Two, by avoiding to do them any harm, they observe morality, sila. Three, in order to bring morality to perfection, they train themselves in renunciation, nekama. Or, in order to understand clearly what is beneficial and injurious to beings, they purify their wisdom, panya. Five, for the sake of the welfare and happiness of others, they constantly exert their energy, virya. Six, through having, though having become heroes through utmost energy, they are nevertheless full of forbearance, kanti, towards the manifold feelings of beings. Seven, once they have promised to give or do something, they do not break their promise, truthfulness, saka. With unshakable resolution, aditana, they work for the welfare of beings. Nine, with unshakable kindness, metta, they are helpful to all. And ten, by reason of their equanimity, upeka, they do not expect anything in return. So those are the qualities that will, ten qualities that we'll um, be talking about over the um, next uh, many weeks. So I'd just like to start by um, reviewing some ways that we can bring awareness and attention to the practice of dana or generosity. Um, the first thing that we can do, just a really simple thing, is to just bring more awareness to um, when impulses of generosity arise um, within us. Um, a lot of the times we, um, we kind of come to take for granted um, the 
generous impulses that we have. And it's really helpful for us to um, have a awareness and an attention uh, brought to these so that um, whatever we tend to pay attention to tends to grow. And so by bringing our awareness and attention to these impulses, um, it just naturally, um, the impulses um, tend to increase. So we have this um, tendency, and it's not a bad one, to give out of habit. But um, by bringing our awareness to our habits around giving, we, um, we can get some more clarity um, around what our motivations, what our intentions are for giving. Um, once we become aware of these impulses, then um, we can have the intention to um, act on them. Joseph Goldstein um, has made a suggestion that we act on every generous impulse that arises. And that's an interesting practice. I heard this uh, suggestion of his many years ago and sort of had some awareness of it. And um, it's interesting, oftentimes for me, the first thing that will arise will be um, some kind of impulse that is um, a little too grand or <laughs> and something that I'm not able to, to um, act on at, at this time. So um, then my t- tendency was to kind of ignore the impulse. But um, instead, what we can do is we can notice that um, whatever the first thing that arises in our mind is um, is something that we're not willing or able to do at this time, but that um, we can still the impulse is, is wholesome, and so we can um, reflect and see if there's if we can kind of scale that impulse back to something that is doable um, for us at this time. Sometimes there's kind of talked about a hierarchy of, of um, giving. So like giving material things is um, sort of the, considered to be sort of the easiest um, level of, of generosity. And then um, giving of our time and energy is um, a step up, you know, a little more involves us a little bit more, takes a little bit more commitment for us to um, to do that. So, um, and, and sometimes when there's, um, you know, there, there'll be a situation that is um, presenting itself to us that re- would require our generosity, and um, sometimes it can be quite a commitment for us and then sometimes that can get kind of messy. But still, if we, if we move ahead, um, there can be a lot that we can learn from um, having the willingness to sometimes take that leap and to, um, to act on the impulse to be generous or, or what feels 
to us like something that is a good direction for us to to move in. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, a friend of um, our family uh, died of brain cancer, and she had um, two teenage children, uh, one who was in college and one who was um, in high school. And she also had a uh, 12-year-old dog. And um, the dog had kind of a bad reputation. (laughs) So um, there um, was not too much interest in adopting the dog. But uh, my sister, very kind and generously, felt that, you know, there was... um, so much stress on the family already that to you know have the dog have to you know be taken away would would really you know be a, a great burden for them. So she decided that she was going to take on this um, this task. Well, it was indeed a task. <laughs> she she belongs to another meditation group, and one of her dear friends um, who is from Sri Lanka has said to her many times, Mary. This dog is a trial for you. <laughs> so, um, but so she's reminded every day of, of her commitment to you know the, the generosity that she had offered, and now she has committed um, committed to it. But you know, it, it's um, so sometimes you know our there's some. Um, I wouldn't say regret, some frustration over this trial. But um, still, you know, there's always kind of that um, remembrance that this came out of, you know, that, that really the, the impulse that was acted on was a very wholesome one. And so whatever the trials are that um, arise around this are, um, are worth working with. And, you know, it's just interesting to notice. Um, you know, whatever comes up in our life, there's you know, there's often um, you know, some frustration or irritation or whatever. And um, you know, so to just be able to um, open to that the best that we can is um, you know, is, is a wholesome way for us to to be in our life. So that kind of is the part of the flip side of the coin. And besides noticing our impulses to generosity, it's important to notice our impulses towards um, not wanting to share and not wanting to give. And sometimes that's appropriate. Um, there's, um, sometimes there's a, a broader picture that we have to take into consideration. but. It's, um, it's really helpful for us to just be aware of this and not like it's something that we um, want to judge ourselves for or that we um, want to feel guilty about or shameful or you know like we're a bad person because we're not you know able or willing to um, feel generosity in this moment and, you know that's just a natural part of um, of being human is for those um, impulses to um, 
you know, to not share or to not give, to arise. And, um, you know, we, but, but we have a lot of small opportunities where we can kind of practice stretching our, um, our practice of, of uh, giving. I know one for me is the, uh, the driving practice. Driving is a great meditation practice because um, there's often irritations that, and judgments that arise um, in doing that. And even, even just kind of silly things like, um, you know, not necessarily when, you know, there's actually some danger that has, uh, we've been put in um, by, you know, in some situation, driving situation, but um, minor irritations like for me, uh, I have a, um, a strong preference for people to use their turn signals. <laughs> and uh, and it, it, it's an irritation to me. So I was, uh, I was noticing this when I was driving to work the other day that um, there were, like, just as I left my house, there were, like, about three people who did not use their turn signals. And I kind of just noticed that um, irritation arising within me. And then, you know, when we notice that, then we have a choice. So, you know, that wasn't really, that wasn't benefiting me, certainly. It wasn't going to help make them turn on their turn signal. I mean, they were totally oblivious of, of my irritation. So, um, you know, then it, it really, it's, it's nice to um, be able to be aware of these things and to have a practice where we can, um, you know, in that very moment, we can make a choice to um, to do something differently. So, whatever that may be. Or, um, sometimes, like in the line at the supermarket, there will be you know some irritation, some impatience that will arise, and to be able to you know just maybe. Um, generate some kind thoughts towards ourselves and to the people who are around us. Um, one of my sisters has a, uh, a joke that, joke sort of concept, although she's not entirely joking, that she has, she calls it the efficiency mall. She would like to, if someone would build the efficiency mall. And in the efficiency mall, um, only certain people would be allowed to shop there. <laughs> so it would, anyone who was not paying attention <laughs> would not be there. And, you know, like those things of when you stand in the line and, um, you know, like people would write out their checks before they got up to the cashier. That would be one requirement. Or they would have their debit card or their or card their card, whatever they needed, they would have in their hand when they got to the cashier. <laughs> and, uh, so sometimes I, I kind of have those wishes that, you know, <laughs> if only, you know, people were um, being efficient. But again, you know, that, that's just not the nature of things. And you know, so it, it's more important for my internal well-being to um, to be uh, to, to have some kindness towards them. Now, of course, 
the thing is that these, you know, the anger, the irritation, the frustration, um, they will arise, but then, and that's not a problem, that's fine. It's the way we act on them. So, um, but this idea of, um, it's, it's an act of generosity to, um, to ourselves and to other beings to, um, to have a commitment not to act out, to act those out either physically or verbally. And um, that's something that is possible for us to do. And, you know, maybe sometimes, of course, we, we won't live up to that commitment or that those expectations, but just to have that as part of our kind of um, base of, of where we want to be acting from and, and thinking from. One suggestion that um, I've read is when we decide to give something that we can uh, reflect on the impermanent nature of things. So we can reflect on the impermanence of the giver. We can reflect on the impermanence of the gift. We can reflect on the impermanence of the of the receiver of the gift. And so that can can bring us more in tune with, with the way things are. And um, it can just be a way of, um, of getting more in touch with that characteristic. It's something that um, human beings um, tend not to be too fond of. We like things to last and to to remain the same. To a certain, well, we we, we like the things that we like to last <laughs> and to remain the same. <laughs> and um, so, this is kind of a way of, of reflecting on that um, misconception of ours, because the mind, um, even though intellectually we we know that everything. Um, comes and goes, still the, the mind kind of has this um, tendency to want to hang on to things and, and to have the belief that um, if this thing that we like would last, that that would, it would make us happy. Um, and kind of a tendency to go to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And, in seeking this this happiness, so this reflection on the impermanence of the gift, the impermanence of the giver, and the impermanence of the receiver um, can be a way that we can um, be less attached to that particular um, delusion that we have as human beings. Of course, sometimes there's just a natural tendency to, to give. There isn't sort of this conflict. There's just something that arises and it's given and it, it just feels effortless and natural. And um, of course, that is 
our true nature is to have this kind of uh, wisdom and compassion and it's just these um, guests, these um, visiting guests, these defilements that are covering over that um, that natural tendency. So, um, so that's another thing that we can um, be aware of is when these things um, just naturally arise and um, sort of really be conscious of the, uh, the wholesomeness of that. I read um, an art, in an article not too long ago about um, squirrels and they've been studying squirrels for quite some time and they found that um, they are able to um, find pretty much all of the nuts that they bury. They, they know where they are and they can find them, which is pretty amazing. But they also found that um, a percentage of them, again, I think it was like 15, 25% of these nuts, they, they, although they know where they, they believe they know where they are, they don't harvest them because they are um, natural reforesters. And so it's kind of, that's sort of something that's built into the natural cycle of things is, um, is this um, process of things being freely given and, um, and you know, sort of the instinct just to, um, you know, to, you know, it's sort of an instinct to generosity because um, everyone benefits from the trees and yet it's also a benefit to the squirrels themselves. So, um, so that's something just to kind of reflect on the, uh, the generosity of nature. And, you know, even, you know, this can um, develop a um, an sort of an outcome of, of generosity is gratitude. And so just to have the gratitude of um, of what is freely given, um, air is freely given, the, you know, the sunshine is freely given, the rain is freely given, and um, so all of the, you know, the, the elements that our lives depend on are, um, are, you know, are freely given and they're, um, the, the, the sun shines equally on everyone and the air is available. For everyone to breathe, so it's um, that can be a, a helpful thing for us to reflect on. That um, that's the nature of things is um, that they are freely given, and um, so just be a good reflection for us to to see how that can manifest in our own life. So there's the there's there's this this flow that um, is happening whenever well in our the world we live in this kind of dualistic reality there's whenever there's giving there's also receiving that is happening so 
it's it's this cycle. So of course, if there was um, no receiver, then there would be no uh, one to give to. So there wouldn't wouldn't be um, generosity. So it's good also to reflect on our ability to receive um, things. Things in that for especially in our culture, we have this kind of a rugged individual kind of uh, attitude that, um, you know, it's just a, a conditioning that we receive that um, we need to be self-sufficient and, and, and that's fine, but um, it's also important for us to, um, to be open to receiving when people give to us and, um, and that, that's kind of a, a thing that we can, can play with too to see what our reaction is to, um, to when we are given to. Um, I found this article on the uh, on the web. It was called the Generosity Path, and uh, it it had some good things to say about receiving. It says as generous people, we need to keep in mind that giving can be potent stuff. It can carry power. In giving, we can elevate the recipient make him, her or him feel good about themselves or we put her or him down so that she or he feels like a beggar. In like fashion, if we are a recipient, we may accept a vulnerable position subject to the inclination of the giver. However, that risk can also bring benefits. A gift well given can carry a special recognition of you as the recipient, what you like, what has meaning for you, what might touch you. Ultimately, entering into the dynamic of giving and receiving with true generosity builds strong bonds of relationship. Why is it sometimes difficult to accept someone's generosity? For many people, there is a shame associated with needing something from someone else. In some cases, people feel free. People feel that they do not deserve the gift or care because of some personal insecurity. Many people do not want to inconvenience anyone else and might feel that they are a burden, even to those who care about them most. It is most important to be aware and conscious when something is when someone is giving you something. That is what I call generosity and receiving. Really being in the moment, setting aside any awkwardness or embarrassment or for that matter entitlement. This person has gone out of their way to give you something, whether it's a chocolate chip cookie assistance with a household repair, or significant financial resources. One is expected to be grateful, and you probably are. Really being present in the moment of time where you receive something will open the way for a reaction that will gratify the person you gave to, who gave to you. So I would advise stopping in the moment, breathing in, to really experience it, then think of your expression of thanks as a separate gift a new gift related to the gift that you were just given, but separate, honoring the person who faces you. So this brings up that the idea also of the importance of this giving and receiving in human relationships, um, the, you know, experiencing the connection that um, occurs as a result of this, um, this process. And... Um, I remember reading uh, 
Sharon Salzberg's book on loving kindness. It's called Loving Kindness, The Revolutionary Art of Happiness. And at the beginning of each chapter, she has a quote from some author. And in the first chapter, there's a, just a, a two-word quote that says, only connect. And it's from a book by E.M. Forrester, Howard's End. And so I, I think that could kind of, um, you know, might be sort of a mantra we could sort of keep in the, in the back of our mind uh, when we're going about our daily activity to, um, to think of only connecting. And that, that's a very, you know, in a very broad sense, it's, um, it's connecting with, um, with people we come in contact with. It's connecting with um, you know, the activities that we're doing, um, connecting with our internal uh, process, whatever is going on in our thoughts and our feelings, um, connecting and opening to, to that to the best of our ability, having that kind of intention that, that that's, um, that's the kind of practice that we would, uh, would like to do. Could you give me a favor? Could you go get me a glass of water? So, um, this the, the mindfulness practice—that's um, kind of the one of the basic um, things—is this idea of receiving things, um, however they come, opening to them. Um, welcoming them to the best of our ability, uh, working against that uh, natural human tendency of pushing away whatever is unpleasant and uh, trying to hang on to whatever longer to whatever is pleasant, uh, trying to get more of what is pleasant, trying to get less of what is unpleasant. Not that um, there's anything wrong with that, but um, just to explore the other possibility of. Um, of this openness and, uh, and willingness to, um, to receive. Thank you so much. So I, I had uh, an opportunity uh, yesterday to, and uh, today, to, uh, to have some practice at this uh, process of, of giving and receiving. Um, I took my cat to the uh, vet yesterday um, for some his shots. And so the, um, the vet was, um, was waxing very enthusiastic about the qualities of this animal. <laughs> he, you know, so he, you know, he, he, did, his, he did his exam the, the whole time and said, oh, look, he's so beautiful. He's so <laughs> And so he did the exam and said, oh, his ears are perfect, down to the tympanic membrane. <laughs> his eyes, they're perfectly healthy. His internal organs, perfectly healthy. <laughs> he's going on. He writes on perfect. Uh, <laughs> so he, was, he was very enthusiastic. 
Then he says, <laughs> as after he gets the gets my cat the shots, then he says, now he says, this is you know really unlikely, but I have to tell you this that if uh, that sometimes they have allergic reactions to these, and so if he starts um, scratching and throwing up or you know. Okay, so first you're receiving the the, the, the cat praise not, but I mean, yeah, I, I feed the cat and I love the cat, but you know, the cat's pretty much his perfection is pretty much something that was just given to him by nature. But still, you know, there was some feelings of cat pride <laughs> 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 and just and just some gratitude. I mean, you know, it's very. Nice to hear his enthusiasm and to receive that. So, um, so anyway, then, you know, kind of, then we have to receive the, oh no, <laughs> this could be, this could turn into a bad situation. Not likely, but you know, there's the possibilities. And then just feeling the, uh, the thoughts and, and uh, sensations that arise as a result of, of that. And um, so, and then you know, the. Thing that, well, and if that happens, then you know, we won't be here, so we have to go to the emergency vet. You know, this is the whole thing of, of receiving the, the uh, worry and you know, those kind of things. Or, uh, so then this morning when I got up, I could not find the cat. And so I thought, oh, you know, then the, the Oh, I should have checked on him during the night. <laughs> he was okay. <laughs> so then, you know, to receiving more worry. And, but so then I, I was just able to, uh, to to just sit with that for you know, about 15 minutes, just you know, to just see, just I'm just interested to to watch and see what um, what's arising around the situation, and then just to to. To go on with my other activities, which partly was finishing writing this talk, and I was taking care of my sister's dog, so take the dog out for a walk, and um, and, and it was interesting too because on the walk, I, I pretty much the, the thought of the cat pretty much did not arise for that. We walked for about an hour, pretty much did not arise, but you know, perhaps just sitting, just being aware and noticing those things arising. Know, just sort of gave some space around it so they didn't need to be voicing themselves so continuously after that. And um, so then when I did get home, uh, I called and Kat indeed came out from where it was. I don't, maybe it had been in the house the whole time. And um, so then I was very happy. <laughs> but then there was also sadness that came up. And I think it was the the realization that, well, the cat did appear now, but really um, kind of having just seen this process, which I've, I've seen many times, but and have been aware of, but my attachment you know, to this, um, this animal who I you know, know that when, uh, at some point either I will leave him or he will leave me, and um, you know, there will be, uh, will be a sad thing. And so um, I think unless I become enlightened by that time, which is possible. But um, so, um, and should, so 
it's just just that whole seeing that whole process and but just kind of being present for it, I think is um, is something that um, makes it so you don't get so get so stuck in um, in what you want and don't want and what you think is what you think you need and what you uh, what you think you want and what the reality of the situation is. You just um, have a little more openness and acceptance of, of uh, things the way they are. So I think at, um, at this point I'm we have about um, a little less than 20 minutes left, so I'm going to pause at this point and see if people have anything that they would like to share um, in terms of their their struggles or successes with um, with giving and receiving. And um, really, would love to hear from people. It's always nice when um, just to hear how things are things that people have experienced and learned from. Um, I adore a lot of the struggle but uh, I look for the big thing, but I know with some good friends, a lot of times people come to me for advice or like when they're in a painful situation, and I feel like at the time I can heal really freely and like be there for them and connect with them and in a way a lot of people can't or don't want to. And I feel great about it, but then sometimes if I feel like um, they're not able to give that back to me when I'm struggling, then suddenly I get angry with them, follow why, you know, poor me, why is it that I'm always giving the no one looking back, and I kind of get this self-pity thing. So I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on how to give freely the time and then not have this hidden agenda or, like, judging it when you feel like people can't give you the back. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, um, I, I guess that it, you know, certainly it, it gives you pleasure, as you said, to um, give what you have to, to give and that um, people receive it and are grateful for it. So, um, so that. Be grateful for it, and then I think the other experience could be like a separate thing. Um, so it's um, it's just something that's um, recurring as as a reaction. So just um, to be open to those things when they arise, and just you know. Not to um, not to think badly of yourself for for those arising, um, you know, to see if there can be some some gentleness and compassion towards yourself for you know wanting that that same kind of ex, you know experience for yourself, and um, and then you know, also sometimes we 
want to get back in kind what we have given. And sometimes if we can um, you know, notice and recognize what's happening, but then maybe we can see if there isn't something that is being given. You know, maybe it's not what we're expecting, what we're wanting, but um, maybe maybe there's something there that you know that person is is giving what they have to give to the best of their ability, and you know, we can um, open up to to that and you know, just kind of explore. It's all sort of a attitude of. Uh, Courage and curiosity and investigation that we can bring to um, you know, when things don't go the way we want them to go. Thanks. Anybody else? Yes. Um, I have a 17-year-old daughter, and um, a significant part of my life, you know, I raised her by myself for the most part. For a significant part of my life, um, I sacrificed. I don't know if that's such a great word, but I gave like pretty much. I dumped all my money on her and did. I mean, like everything. You know, pretty much was devoted to um, investment, so to speak. Um, thinking that with the mindset that I do these things, then that she would, you know, be a constructive person. You know, that kind of thing. And she would, you know, uh, be making good choices and so forth and so on. That if I did the, you know, correct things, you know, as a parent and, you know, got her in constructive activities. And, you know, I spent, you know, tons of, of my energy and time and just everything. And now she's doing things that um, I really um, am very disappointed in. And, um, to a certain extent, I don't know if I necessarily want to say devastated, but disappointed <laughs> at, at the choices, the life choices that she's made. I mean, like, I'm just like, I just can't believe it. You know, and I'm thinking, um, in this particular instance, I guess I just feel like um, this is a situation where I'm um, struggling with. Um, pulling back on my giving now because it, I just feel like it's turned into a situation where she doesn't really respect me and it's sort of like I keep giving and giving and then the choices that she's making are just getting worse and worse. You know, smoking cigarettes, you know, just movie stuff like that, which I don't, you know, particularly and drinking and some other things. And so I just wanted to have some comments on that, you know, because I just feel like my motivation and everything um, I feel was was really good and everything, and I but you know it's kind of like now she's not doing what I want her to do, <laughs> you know, and so it's kind of you know I just decided that for myself that I'm going to be focusing on my own life now and just trying to do things that are wise because I think that sometimes you can give and it can actually harm the person, you know, if they're just sitting there, you know. You know what I mean? I don't want to like make myself into a doormat. You know, I mean that's not appropriate. <laughs> you know, so um, and you know it's just sort of a. I think that that's probably a common thing in 
Thank, thank you for sharing that. Um, so in, in this practice, um, we are um, mainly interested in our internal, uh, focusing on what's happening internally. Um, what's happening with our thoughts, what's happening with our feelings, um, and um, being uh, open and accepting and non-judgmental of whatever those experiences are arising within ourselves. And so um, It doesn't, so by um, by being conscious of those, by opening up to our experiences, then um, we, and by, um, so the, the opening up is the practicing of this non-judgmental awareness towards ourselves. And um, when we do that, then we, it, it helps us to see things more clearly the way things are. And so then, hopefully, our actions will come out of, of this, uh, this wholesome understanding that we gained through practicing this. Um, and one of the things that, that we can do in, in a situation where we felt hurt or devastated um, by someone's actions, where they, you know, the actions haven't been what we've expected and wanted, um, is that, um, that we, can, um, we can practice compassion towards ourselves first for the suffering that we're feeling, and um, and then we can um, we can realize that 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 person who's um, you know that that is um, that isn't meeting our expectations. That that person, all that that person wants to be happy, just like we want to be happy, and that, um, that what their, their, their actions are, they believe, is what's going to lead them to, to this happiness. They're, you know, and um, so then we can have some compassion towards them, too, just to know that they're doing what they think is best. And um, you know, even though we have a different perspective on it, um, you know, then we can um, work on having some compassion towards them. And and also, I think what you said in terms of sometimes um, we can, um, you know, in, in our, I mean, we, we have a, a very good intention to help. But sometimes we don't have 
the um, level of wisdom that um, that is needed at that particular time. And so maybe um, you know, we haven't acted, haven't acted as wisely as we could. And so then, yeah, it's wonderful to you know to see what the situation is, and then to to step back and to see um, if we can. Uh, and deepen our own wisdom and understanding and and see what effect that has on our relationship. Thanks for sharing. Anyone else have? Um, I think just share a little bit of my name Liz. Thank you for sharing. Um, I'm in a situation with a new job, and I had been in my previous job for many, many years, and it was just very second nature. And then I got into a new company, and uh, all of these expectations are thrown on me naturally. You know, that's what happens to a new employee. I'm laughing at myself because, you know, the meditation practice has really given me a lot of insight, and I realized even tonight that I get defensive um, with you know other people and their expectations or their reactions or whatever. And anyway, I just find it real interesting that as I think about, you know what, I'm going to be leaving this position because I am pursuing, I'm you know pursuing something else. So when I think of, you know what, I'm going to be leaving situation, then I can react, then I, you know, then I think my reactions are getting a lot, the wisdom is coming in, so we need to talk about the impermanence of your situation, I think that really lends a lot of, um, a lot of insight and a lot of, you know, wisdom in the situation, you know, you're not in the situation forever, and you know, just that by itself is really helpful. But, um, I've never before been able to look so squarely at myself and see my, you know, my, um, I don't want to say errors, but, you know, my delusion or whatever, where I'm not being constructive in the situation, where I'm not being skillful. I guess would be a good expression. And uh, even though I don't like, you know, when you talk about being compassionate with yourself, that's so valuable because I don't like seeing that, but unless I do see it, you know, it, it leads to, it leads to um, improvement. So, anyway, I just, uh, I guess I'm just really delighted with, you know, this whole process. I'm, I've been in this situation for six months in this job, and I never been sleeping. I, you know, I, it has been the bane of my And so getting, getting insight about it and tools for improving the situation, even if that means, may or may not mean leaving the situation, um, it's just, you know, you just 
I think that um, you know that comes with um, really having an intention to be honest with our motivations and our intentions, and so when we when we have the impulse to give, we can um, we can reflect and see, you know, see if we can see it. You know, it, it's, you know, we, we haven't been, um, I mean, this is a practice, so um, it's just that we, you know, we do the best that we can to, to see if we are open, we have an intention to be open to, um, to, to learning and to trying New, uh, new ways of um, of being in a situation. So, um, so it sounds like you're like you feel like there are situations where you have um, rather than rather than giving, you've um, you've given in and. Um, so then, when when you're aware, uh, when that comes up, you go, "Oh, I think in this situation, I, you know, I wasn't ready to give what I gave, or maybe it wasn't a healthy, it doesn't feel like it was a healthy kind of giving." Then you can um, see how that feels, and you know what the thoughts are around that, and and maybe then the next time that impulse, you know, that comes up. Um, you can be more aware and maybe you know like the thing is oftentimes we're acting so quickly I mean you know life is life very <laughs> so um, so part of what's really helpful about this practice is that we we can look back and we can see situations that um, in retrospect we we think you know, I'm pretty sure we didn't act in the best way. I mean, because in, in terms of the, the generosity, um, us, we are always, in, ourselves are always included. It's just like when we do magic practice, we always include ourselves, so we're like that outside the, the generosity equation. So um, then, you know, it's really helpful to you know, maybe write or something, um, just to reflect back um, on that situation. Because while we're practicing to be 
um, in the moment and to be aware and present as much as we can. Um, things are happening quickly, and so we can't, you know, our, our level of mindfulness isn't always um, at the level that it would need to be to be really skillful in that moment. So then um, it's helpful later on to, to reflect and to, um, you know, just to, to see um, what our thoughts and our feelings are around that situation and, and then to, um, to see if it's wholesome or unwholesome. And I, I uh, did a practice for a while where each night I would um, write on, just reflect on the day, and on one side I would write what I felt were skillful things that I had done skillfully, and on the other side I would write things that I felt that I had done unskillfully. And um, that was really helpful to, to see that. And, um, then actually what um, what came out of that for me and uh, what is it, what's a common thing um, that what, that comes out of this practice is um, that we um, we start to we, we we're willing to see what was unskillful and we're willing to bring our awareness in the future to um, acting differently uh, around that and um, then but then what we can see over time is like there was a lot of, of wholesome things that that was present and next week we'll probably be talking um, I guess it'll be a couple weeks about um, morality and um, you know so we start to see that um, have confidence in our in our behavior. That there's a lot of things that we are doing skillfully, and um, we can build on that. So well, we have come to the end of our time, and uh, thank everyone for coming tonight and for your attention and for sharing.